Good morning, everyone. You okay? It's lovely to see you. It's lovely to see people coming back after COVID and different things. So welcome this morning. Like Rejoice says, we're starting a new series today, which is going to be focusing for the next couple of months on the I Am statements of Jesus. Some of you may know what they are. Some of you may be like, what were they? Well, we're going to, we're going to explain that to you. So Jack, put me that first slide up and the next one. Lovely, that's the one I want. These are the I am statements that Jesus makes in John in the Bible. So Jesus says, I am the bread of light, bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection, the life. I am the way, the truth and the life. I am the vine. So these are the different statements we're going to be working through. We're not working through them in that order necessarily, but that's how they come in the book of John. And you know, When you look at the book of John and when John writes about Jesus and everything that happens, John is focused on two questions. And the two questions are these. Who is Jesus? It's a good job they were still there. Who is Jesus? But he also focuses on, well, what do I do with Jesus' words and with his teaching? You know, and... We often ask these things. You know when you get, like someone rings you and you don't know who they are, or you answer the door and you're like, who's this at my door? It's like, well, that's what people do, come to your door. But people come, you're like, who are you? What do you want? And we perhaps don't say it that rudely, but generally if we get a phone call or someone turns up at the door or in any other way that you meet someone, the general question is, who are you and what do you want? What are you doing on the end of my phone? Or what are you doing at my front door trying to sell me something that I don't want normally, probably? But Jesus wants us to know the answer to that. Jesus is here today and he wants you to know who he is, but also what you can then do with who he says he is and what he says he has done for you. So you may be sitting here this morning and say, I I know who Jesus is. I have a relationship with him. I would say I'm a Christian. Or you may be sitting here or online today and thinking, I'm not overly sure who Jesus is, I'm in church or I'm watching a church thing, so I'm not quite sure whether I'm a Christian or not, but I'm interested in what you've got to say. So hopefully this morning and this series over the next couple of months will help you to know who Jesus is, but also to know what you can do with his teaching. And if you already know who Jesus is, God wants to show you some more stuff, I believe. You know, Jesus is the bedrock. He is the center. He is completely invaluable and essential. If we take Jesus out of Christianity, we are just anity. Because there is no Christ in it. It is pointless. Jesus is the center of all we do. And that's why we believe it's so important that we look at these I am statements of Jesus. And you know, it goes right back to the Old Testament. So if you look at the Bible, there's the beginning bit and then there's the end bit where it talks about Jesus. But the beginning bit tells you all this stuff about Jesus is coming and that God loves you and the things that God does to try and put things right. And in Exodus 3, verses 13 to 14, we see God having a conversation with Moses. And this is what he says. Now Moses, you may know the story if you've read it in the Bible or if you've ever watched The Prince of Egypt, which is a Disney cartoon. Is it Disney? I don't know what it is. Oh, is it really? It's good anyway. But you can watch that and it's, it's not very biblically correct, but it's there. It gives you the story. So Moses had basically been 
brought up in Pharaoh's household. He'd ran away because he'd killed somebody. And then he'd come back to set all the Israelites free who were all enslaved in Egypt. And when Moses meets God in the wilderness, God says, go and do this. And he says, are you having a laugh? What am I supposed to do? And he has a bit of a debate with God. And in the end, he decides, okay, I will do it. But Moses says this to God. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they shall say to me, well, what's his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. What sort of a name is that? It makes little sense to us, but he is saying, I am who I am. It is who he is, the I am. And he says, thus you, shall, thus, I can't even say it. thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. So we find in the Old Testament, we find God referring to himself as the I am. And then Jesus comes along in the New Testament and says, I am the fulfillment of all of this. And this is what I am looks like. Jesus is answering that first question. I am the good shepherd. I am their door. I am their life, their vine, their light, their bread, their truth. Everything you ever need for life, Jesus says he is and will be for you. I am. He is the embodiment of God. So then what do we do with it? What is the point of it? What is the point of everything then Jesus goes on to say and do? Jesus is trying to communicate with us. This is my mission. This is why I'm here. But also, this is who I am. This is my character. This is part of me. The I am statements are there to show us why did Jesus come, but also who he is for us. And you know, we can make a decision whether we choose to respond, whether we choose to accept whether we choose to submit and whether we choose to trust in God. And over the course of the next few weeks, when we look at these, that is your choice. Who is Jesus saying he is to me through this? And what am I going to do with it or about it? So the first one that we're looking at today is where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. And we find this in John 14, verse 6, and I'm reading from the NLT. And when we come to this point in the account, Jesus is actually just shared communion with his disciples, what Alistair was talking about this morning. He shared the bread and the wine, they're sitting together, and it's just before Jesus actually is betrayed and goes on to die. And he's talking to them about different things, and Thomas, one of the disciples, says to him, says this to him. But but how will we know the way? How will we know? We don't know what to do. We don't know how to follow you because we don't know where you're going. And this is Jesus's reply. John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And we think, is that an answer? I've just told you I don't know the way that you're going. And Jesus said, but I am the way. 
And because so often in life we try to understand things geographically, we try to understand things practically, we try to understand things philosophically, we try to understand things biologically. And yet Jesus wants to take us into a deeper understanding of who he is. And it is all about relationship. It's about nothing else but relationship with him. And when we're in relationship with him, because we relate to him, we get a revelation and an understanding of how that outworks in our lives. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And some of us are still sitting there thinking, well, what does that mean? I don't understand. Let's try and break it down a little bit. Is that okay? So the first one, the way, and I've called it mission waymaker. Jesus's mission when he came to earth was to make a way. That was his mission. He died on the cross so that he could go down to hell, steal the keys of death and hell so that we no longer had to go to that place. But there was a way to the Father. There was a way to eternal life because Jesus made that way. His mission was a way maker. And you know, it's funny because when Jesus shares, the st- shares this I am statement with Thomas and the rest of the disciples, like I said, it is just before Jesus is betrayed. It is just before he's killed. So at the point when in the story, when you look at it, not knowing the end, it is at a point where everything is just about to fall apart, where the whole way... The whole truth and the whole life is just about to be pulled under the disciples' feet. In a natural and a worldly sense, the Messiah's mission is about to fail because he's about to be killed. But when we stop trying to understand it in the practical, in the geographical, in the philosophical, and in the biological, and we look at it through the eyes of heaven, Jesus is about to embark on the most amazing and the most greatest way of making a way that the world has ever seen. You know, and it can't just be minimalized to, oh, well, Jesus is our ticket to heaven. If I believe in Jesus, well, I'll go to heaven. Jesus wants to be the way every day of your life. Jesus wants to show you the way every day of your life. He wants to walk with you. He wants to take you where he's calling you to go. Can you put me my grass picture up, Jack? This is a picture of a maize maze. Anyone ever been in a maize maze? It's a maze made out of maize. They're spelt differently. This is where we went. Do you remember, Paul? This is at the National Forest Adventure Farm. That's where it is, yeah. If you've never been, it's very good. There are other farms you can go to. I'm not particularly advertising, but we like it there. And you go in the maze maze, and you have to get out of the maze maze. It's meant to be fun. So we went in with the girls. This one was pirate-themed. I didn't realise it at the time when we were in there, but look, the maze is pirate-themed as well. You wouldn't realise it while you were walking through it. They gave us a pirate eye patch, which was doubled well as a headband too, and they offered us a map. We don't need a map. Oh, my word. It will take you about 45 minutes if you do well. 
No, no, it will not. I don't even remember how long we were in there. I have blocked it from my mind. There was no way out. But this was the maze maze that we went through. They do a smaller version. We didn't go in the smaller version. We were hardcore maze trekkers. Never again. But there were certain parts of the maze maze where the maze, the plant version of it, was not so good. And so at this point, we just decided to cheat and get out. So we stepped through the maze into a different path until eventually we found the way out. In essence, we cheated. We emerged as we are standing here today. I'm not still in the maze maze. We found a way out by cheating. We did. Paul started it. He encouraged us all to cheat. Myself and Olivia, who've got issues, were like, oh no, we must do the right thing all the time. Grace was a little swayed. But in the end, we all went because we were really stuck in the maze. You know, life can be like that sometimes, can't it? You find yourself stuck in circumstances and stuck in things, and you think, how on earth am I going to get out of this place? And sometimes we try and cheat and do it in our own strength. Sometimes we ask people to help and, help, how did you get to that part? And they generally tell you the wrong way because they think it's really funny that you were lost still. You know, we cheated to get out of that maze. But God rewrote the rules to make a way for us to get out of sin and death and shame and hardship and everything that you face. God has rewritten He has rewritten the maze of life. You no longer have to be lost. You no longer have to wonder, how on earth am I going to get out of this situation? Because there is a one who has rewritten the path of the maze and his name is Jesus. And he wants to set you free because in and through him, there is a way. There is a way through your sickness. There is a way through your relationship difficulties. There is a way through your past into your future. There is a way and his name is Jesus. And when you go into life with Jesus walking by your side, then there is always a way out. You don't need to cheat because Jesus has written the path for you and he won't abandon you to that place. Jesus turns the closed door into a new opportunity. He turns a dead end into a spacious place. He turns hopelessness into fulfilled promises. And you know, so often we can think, well, where is the way? Why does everyone else seem to find it? Why does Jesus seem to be showing everyone else? Where is my way? Keep your eyes on him. He is trailblazing that way for you. Stick with it. You may feel like it's taking longer than you wish it would, but he is there with you every step of the way, never leaving you, never forsaking you, and paving the way for you to follow him. And you know, sometimes I couldn't tell you at any point where we were in that maze. And it can feel like that in life too sometimes. Where am I? Where are the, trust him. Trust him when you don't know where you're going. Trust him when you don't know where you are. He is with you and he is for you. And he is the way in every situation that life throws at you. His mission is Waymaker. 
in his mission for your life is Waymaker too. The next one we're going to look at is the truth. And I believe this shows Jesus' character. Jesus' character is truth keeper. John 8, 32 says this, and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. And we often look at this as an intellectual thing. Okay, well, I need to know some stuff. I need to know what the truth is. Tell me, tell me and I'll know and then everything will be all right. If you tell me and I'll know, then I'll know what I should do and everything will be all right. And we try and fill ourselves with intellect and knowledge and thinking about, well, this is who Jesus is or this is how he says I am. And when you look at the Greek for the word no in that sentence, it doesn't mean intellectual knowing. You're not with me, are you? It means when Joseph knew his wife, it's a different sort of knowing. It's an intimate knowing. Jesus wants you to know him, not here, but intimately. It is an intimate knowing. And when we know him intimately, then suddenly when we're thinking, I can't figure it all out. You don't have to. It's just Jesus. He is the truth. And when we know him, that is all we need to know because it is him. You know, life just muddles us up sometimes, doesn't it? You may have seen Olivia's Rubik's Cube. It's nicely done. She cheated online to make sure that it looked okay. Something she's learned from her father. (laughs) Certainly not for me. Did you cheat as well? And put it right, yeah. But life sometimes can muddle us up. she's in kids church (laughs) and stuff happens and life happens and it's hard and it's difficult and it makes us all a mess and nothing's right anymore that is not the truth of the Rubik's Cube anymore now I can go online and I can figure it out in some way or I can't actually be bothered so I just leave it like that I'm trying to find the truth of it but actually it's not about what I can figure out this morning It's actually about who I know. Now, I know someone in here who is absolutely fantastic at these. Can you pass it to him for me, Paul, without dropping it and making it even worse? Oh, thank you. His name is Baz Royal. (laughs) If you ever buy your child a Rubik's Cube and you can't get back to how it should be, that is the man to see. Because he is not cheating online. He is not looking anything up. The essence of who he is, is a Rubik's Cube fixer. He can put it back to how it was originally created. Because he is the truth of the Rubik's Cube. It's a bit hard, Baz. Take your time. And it's the same with life. It's not about what I can figure out. It's not about what I can find out online. It's not about, what, what, well, what's this or what's that or how can I figure it out some way so I can get it back to how it should be and I can sort my life out. It's actually about who I know. And I know Jesus. So he is the truth over my life. He is the truth in it. 
It's not about what I can figure out with that Rubik's Cube to get it back so Olivia doesn't shout at me when she comes out of kids' church. It's about who I know because I know that Baz is really good at a Rubik's Cube and he can fix it back to how it should be. And Jesus wants to step into your life where it's been messed up and turned around upside down on its head. And because of who he is, he wants to put you back to how he originally intended you to be, where all the mess is pushed aside and everything that has twisted you and turned you into something that you were not. Are we done? And put it back. Thanks, Baz. And put you back to how you were originally intended to be. Thank you, you saved my life. (laughs) You know, Jesus is that truth. But I want to take some time this morning to do something else as well. I want to take some time to address some of the lies that affect our lives. Some of the lies that twist and turn us into something that we're not. You know, we tell ourselves lies, or the people speak lies over us. Life puts us into boxes and forces us to be things. But I want to say to you this morning that no matter what lies have impacted your life, that there is one who is the truth, who stands with you, and who wants to bring healing and wholeness back to your life. So I've just picked a few for us to look at. These are the most common lies that we tell ourselves. What's the first one, Jack, this morning? The first one is, I am alone. Anyone? Got no friends? I'm lonely? This is what Jesus says. I will never leave you. Deuteronomy 31.8. So when you think you're alone, when life tells you you're alone, when you think I've got no friends, I've got no one to connect with, Jesus says, I will never leave you. The next lie that we tell ourselves, Jack, have you got it for me? I'm unlovable. So often we do. No one loves me. No one really likes me. People just are there just because of what they can get from me. People are just there because I can help them with something. They don't actually like me. They just want what I can give them. This is what Jesus says. Greater love is no man than he lay down his life for his friends. You are lovable because Jesus laid down his life for you. And there is no greater love than that. So don't ever listen to that lie. So next one, Jack. I should not worry. Oh, sorry, I should worry. (laughs) I should worry. How many of us worry? Let's be honest. We all worry. I'm worrying what you're thinking and what I'm saying. We all worry. Jesus says this, do not worry about your life. You are valuable to God. Matthew 6, 25 to 26. Do not worry about your life. And so often we do. We do worry. But Jesus says, don't worry because you're valuable to him. The next lie, I will never get out of this. How many of us think that? Get stuck in a relationship, get stuck in a dead-end job, get stuck in a difficult situation, get stuck in our own life. I'm never going to get out of this. It's always going to be like this. How often do we say it? John 14, 6. I am the 
way. No matter what maze you are stuck in in your life, Jesus is the way. The next lie. I will always be influenced or haunted by my past. And we all do it. We remember things that have happened. Things come back and haunt us and affect us. And we think we're never, never going to change. It's always going to be like this. I'm never going to break through from it. Jesus says this, I am doing a new thing. The old is gone. The new has come. Isaiah 43 and 2 Corinthians 5. Jesus wants to do something new in your life. Don't allow the lie that holds you in place to keep speaking to you. And the last one. It's too hard. We all do it, don't we? That was too hard. Not for Baz, because I knew who I know. I know who I know. And with Jesus... With Jesus, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Through him who gives me strength. It's through Jesus. It's not through myself. It's through who I know and who I stand by. You know, we tell ourselves these lies so often. And we build our lives on the muck and the dirt that people speak over us. On the muck and the dirt that we speak about ourselves. We build our lives on these false bottoms that don't exist and will not hold us. And yet Jesus wants us to know that with him, with him as our truth, there is concrete beneath our feet. There is solid ground beneath our feet. Nicky Gumbel says this, Truth becomes hard if it is not softened by love. And love becomes soft if it's not strengthened by truth we need the truth of Jesus in our lives but we also need his love in our lives too if Jesus is the way the truth and the life allow him to come in and speak to those areas where lies have just completely overwhelmed you where lies have put you in a place that you think you can never get out of Jesus is the truth It's about walking with him and being with him. Allow him to build a solid foundation in your life. And the last one that we're going to look at this morning. So we've looked at the way, we've looked at the truth, and we're going to look at the life. The fulfillment of who Jesus is, is he is a life giver. You know, we've looked at Jesus' mission was to make a way. Jesus' character is to bring truth. But the fulfillment of everything he's done and everything that he is, is to bring life to us. John 10.10 in the Amplified says this. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows Jesus wants life to fill you up and that's not even good enough he then wants it to overflow out of you so the life that he gives you is a blessing and an encouragement to those around you he wants to fill you up so it overflows from you you know if he is the author and the giver of life He wants to do something miraculous in you so that you are full up in a way that you've never been full before. 
It's not just about your physical existence, but it's about breathing life into you like a new day when it dawns. He wants to breathe that life into you so that everything within you blossoms and grows and his light shines upon you. You know, sometimes we can meet people who are really positive. Do you know, you know what I mean? Those people who are really positive about anything. Anyone know those sort of people? Anyone one of those sort of people? No one wants to admit to it. And they're really, really positive about anything, everything and really encouraging. And it's wonderful and sometimes it's really helpful. But sometimes it's like they're a positive pain. It's like you're just, just, okay, that's, oh, I'm so excited about this. Oh, I'm sure everything will be wonderful. Oh, I know everything's fantastic. And it's like, and they walk with you and it's wonderful, but sometimes it's just like, no, I have had enough of your positivity in my life. You know, Jesus wants to walk with you. And he just doesn't want to be speaking positivity into your ear so you get a bit frustrated with it when you're having a bad day because then you feel condemned and then you feel worse about yourself. He wants to breathe his life in and through you so you are changed and transformed. So you become that positive person and that it overflows from you and causes other people to embody that and changes them too. Not in a frustrating way, but in a way where it is life-defining and life-transforming. He wants to lift your head. He wants the light of his new day to shine upon you and bring life in and through you. You know, and it can sometimes, it can come up a bit like this. It's the difference between life denying and life affirming. So bear with me a bit. Life denying is, is anything that is bringing a depressive thought to it. It takes you down. It is denying life. It is denying health and wholeness and positivity it is denying all of those things. And the opposite of that is life affirming, which is uplifting. And you know, circumstances can do this to us. So we can have a circumstance and it comes up. Is it a life denying circumstance or a life affirming circumstance? Do you understand what I'm saying? And people can be like that. Some relationships we have with people, they can be life denying or they can be life affirming. People who do you good. People who encourage you, or those people who put you down, make you feel worse about yourself. And we need to look at our life and consider which of these circumstances, which of these people, which of these lies I'm telling myself are life denying or life affirming. And when we consider that and think of those things, then it is in that place that when we hit a battle, when we hit whatever's going on, that suddenly Jesus can come in and do something different and constantly bring that life affirming to us, constantly bring that positivity to us, regardless of what life is, whether it's life denying or life affirming, Jesus wants to come into that place, breathe new life into you, breathe new hope into you, so in every heartbreak, in every battle, in everything that you face, he is there affirming your life, affirming everything that is going on, 
committing to standing with you. Those promises that we looked at, that he says he was to us, that that he'll never leave us, that he's got great love for us, that we don't need to worry about our lives, that he is the way, that he's doing a new thing, and that we can do all things through him, that he wants to affirm that life in you and do a new thing. Jesus' mission was a way maker. His character is to bring truth. But his fulfillment is life and life in abundance for each of us this morning. So as I conclude, I want to go back to those questions. Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus to me this morning? Can I encourage you? Be in no doubt who he is. Be in no doubt that he is the son of God. Be in no doubt that he came to die on a cross and rose again for the forgiveness of your sins. Be in no doubt that he is there with you and that he loves you and that he stands with you. And if you've never made that decision and said, actually, okay, I believe he is those things. Today is your opportunity. You can come down the front. We would love to talk to you and talk to you more about that. Don't walk away from here being in doubt about who he is. And if you're listening online, there's a button you can click and someone will get in touch with you and talk to you. Be in no doubt who he is. Be in no doubt. And the second question I asked was, well, what do we do with his teaching? What do we do with all these things? You've got a choice this morning. Whether you know him or not, whether you're making that decision today for the first time or not, we have a choice today whether we believe that he is the way, that he is the truth, and he is the life. And we allow him to be embodied in and through us. We allow him to bring revelation to us. Because it's not just about the physical and the practical things, the intellectual things, but it's about relationship with Jesus and allowing him to transform and change us through knowing him. Let your answer be this this morning. In Exodus 33, 15, we go back to Moses and we join him again when he's led the Israelites out of Egypt and he's talking to God again. He's got them all waiting in the desert, wondering where to go. And he says this to God, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. This morning, God personally wants to go with each of us. He wants to walk with each of us. He wants to journey with each of us. Jesus wants to be your way, your truth, and your life this week. Thomas Kempson said this, Without the way, there is no going. Without the truth, there is no knowing. Without the life, there is no living. This morning, all I can say to you is, I've known Jesus and walked with him for many years. And he has always been my way. Whether life has been life denying or life affirming, he has always been my truth, whether I've understood or not. Whether it's made sense or not, he has always been the truth. And he has always been the life that has come to me. When I felt like I've been in the deepest and darkest of places, where at times there feels like there is no life and there is no hope, he has been the life in that place. He has been the new and dawning day in my life. 
And you know I can say all of everything I've said to you this morning. But to me, the best thing I can say is, I've walked with Jesus. And he has walked with me. And I want to encourage you, whether you know him at all or not, whether you know him intellectually or as your friend, that he wants a closer and a deeper walk with you this morning. He wants to walk with you in every battle that you face, in every heartbreak, in every circumstance, in every relationship, in every blessing and promise, and through all your hopes and dreams. He wants to be your way, your truth, and your life. Let's just stand and pray. Jesus, I thank you that with you we can see things differently. Jesus, I thank you that there is a new horizon today. And that new horizon is you, Jesus. That you can take us along a path that we can't even imagine possible because you walk with us. Jesus, I thank you that you are the way in everything that we face. You are the truth And knowing you is life transforming. And that you bring life. So this morning, God, I pray that as we sing this song, Holy Spirit, that you would rest on us and pour your life into us afresh. Come Holy Spirit this morning. You know, if you just want to welcome Jesus this morning, just hold your hands out. Jesus, we welcome you today. Be our way. Be our truth. And be our life. Set us free from the lies that hold us, set us free from when we don't understand and we try and figure it out. Help us to know that it is in the knowing you, not in the knowing of things, that there is breakthrough in healing and hope. So come Holy Spirit, fill us afresh today as we believe and stand with you.